like that's not true because uh, i really like uh yeah better call Saul. better than breaking bad hot take hey and welcome back to the mo video games top 50 podcast today we've got quite the discussion for you featuring copenhagen dodgeball and the second best far cry game we've ever discussed to date I also have to give my sincere apologies around the 15 minute mark. Air conditioning turned on and Audacity's noise reduction can only do so much. So if the noise quality gets a little poo poo for about 10 minutes or so, that's why. But otherwise, enjoy the rest of today's podcast. Buongiorno. Hi. Hello, and welcome to episode 75, minus 65, is this episode 10? Well, it's episode 10, but it's episode 9 of the Top 50 Showdown. If you want to include the video, it's episode 11. (laughs) We ain't including the video. (laughs) That's the proprietary Maxwell Lewis gaming (laughs) (laughs) trademark. I'm sorry, no association Um, with half of my video games. (laughs) That's true. I don't know who Maxwell Lewis is, but he seems like a nice guy. Seems like a douchebag. Seems like a tool shed. Oh, shit. <laughs> Pacho, baby. That is just randomly thrown in there. <laughs> yeah, have we got a good episode for you this week? It's insane. It's insane. At least I'm excited for mine. Well, I'm excited for one of mine. Uh, I, 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 that's probably true for you, too. You're excited for one of yours. Oh, I mean, both are... Yeah. It's another, it's, I I just, I got to play more video games now, so I don't have to, like, recall shit from eight years ago when we talked, because it's like, man, I remember how much I love that game, and then I'm reading it, and I'm like, wow, I haven't played this game in a long time, and it's, it can be a little annoying. It's okay, Hollow Knight's coming up at some point, and I was just talking to Adam about it, and man, have I already forgotten a lot about that, so it doesn't actually change anything. I kind of want to, after I complete my Dead Space playthrough is maybe do hollow knight next i mean i think it's spicy adam seems to like it overall so i'm gonna give it like a a, a moderately consistent spicy level so yeah yeah I, I definitely i enjoyed it a lot but the sound i don't need to review it right now yeah it's a good <laughs> it's coming up don't <laughs> yeah worry. it's coming up but yeah today for me we got two spicy meatballs one more particularly spicy but you'll find that out soon enough <laughs> but we're talking about stick bold a dodgeball adventure and hitman 2 um so in the interest of picking one to go first i'm picking hitman 2 to go first Ooh, yeah interesting very interesting and, oh. what does that mean you decide um so hitman 2 um is essentially a direct follow-up sequel to hitman which was kind of a reboot of the series back in 2016 um so hitman 2 was released november of 2018 developed by io interactive um and classified as a stealth like action adventure game but i also put slash murder um because that is the goal of the game you are a hitman so death is the number one priority not for yourself yeah not for yourself (laughs) for for intended targets and you actually get a higher score um for not killing anyone you don't need to so it actually encourages good societal behavior um it's just you're only killing bad people um is the goal or supposedly bad 
Yeah, killing a bad person is a guaranteed good. Yes. Yeah, that's factual. That is factual. However, we don't condone murder in any way, shape, or form here at Mo Video Games. <laughs> Disclaimer before one of us ends up in court. <laughs> um, but yeah, so 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 fun game. If you're not familiar with the Hitman series, um, the the main character, Agent Forty Seven, um, he's the the stereotypical like he's well not stereotypical, but he and, and throughout all of the games, he's bald and he has a barcode tattooed across the back of his head, and he always wears a very proper nicely tailored black suit like our good friend john wick Ooh, yes Ooh, another spicy meatball to throw in there um and he is essentially been like raised and bred and even modified um depending on the lore to be an amazing assassin an amazing hitman and so he's number 47 um of this like line uh, of hitmen that they kind of create and form um, and, and you follow him and basically there's there's different stories throughout all of the hitman games um, and the story is intriguing I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on the story in this because I think if you are interested in the lore and the story behind it I think it's interesting enough that I don't want to spoil it and it's not important enough to the game um, while it is kind of the driving point forward I think especially the rebooted series is more about kind of creating a sandbox environment in which to attack um, the different mission objectives. So, for for example, in, in one of the the levels, um, you will it, it's a it's a huge open um, world area, but it, it's one specific area. So you might be like at um, some complex in some South American country, and there's lots of buildings. There's a town on the outskirts, and there's a large mansion, and there's a lot of area to roam. Um, and kind of the beauty of the, the rebooted series is that you can kind of choose to kill the targets in, in a multitude of different ways. Um, sometimes you might be at a racetrack and you like loosen the, the nuts on a wheel and when they're driving around a corner, a wheel flies off and, and they crash. Or you um, drop, a, like you, you cut an electrical cord that's standing in a puddle and then they happen to walk past the puddle and they get electrocuted to death. Um, it's kind of more of a classical Hitman trope, but in Hitman 2 specifically, they kind of expound on the abilities um, and what you can do. So that's kind of what makes the game exciting for me is that you kind of feel like you're just dropped into this lived in world um, with lots of people, NPCs, and you just get to kind of decide how to take care of it. Um, and, and at its best, I think it works as like a puzzle game um, where you have this end goal. And there's different guards, different restricted areas, places that the disguise you wear may or may not permit you to enter. Um, And you kind of have to determine, you have to find the different disguises, the different tools to determine um, the best way to attack the level and the person that you're trying to kill. Um, But but as I said, you can often do it without actually being in the rooms. You can kind of kill them through um, interacting with the environment or drop a chandelier on someone's head or, or something along those lines. So it's <laughs> <laughs> interacting or like dropping a chandelier. It's no big deal. Yeah, it's casual. It's Hitman. Um, so in Hitman 2, they reintroduced the briefcase mechanic, which was um, a, a staple of the Hitman series in the past. And it essentially allows you to walk around um, unnoticed, um, quote unquote, with um, larger items, larger guns, um, like snipers and things like that. And there was actually a bug when they first released Hitman 2 um, where you you could throw it at a target and there's kind of a lock-on mechanic. And when you throw the briefcase, the glitch 
would allow the briefcase to continue to follow the person. So if the person is running away from you, you throw the briefcase and it follows a path flying through the air without losing momentum until it hits the target. Um, and it, it, it's a funny glitch that there's lots of YouTube videos. If you want to go and check it out, see what the glitch looks like. Um, but in, in good sense of humor, um, IO interactive. So they eventually patched out that glitch. They fixed it, but they brought it back in later as a feature um, with a special item called the executive briefcase mark two and added some additional challenges um, where the briefcase, they, they changed how it operates a little bit from the original glitch, but essentially it's the same thing where you throw it and it tracks the target. Um, so I, I love when developers do that. You, you turn a glitch into a feature. Um, I, I believe Nintendo just did that recently with Animal Crossing New Horizons. Um, there was a photo mode glitch um, that I think like the, the HUD or something would normally be present when you were taking photos. Um, but there was a glitch that you could get the HUD to disappear and they eventually turned that into a feature. Um, so so another example of, of developers kind of having that self-awareness and able to take the criticism and kind of take it to heart and realize that the community sometimes kind of loves those imperfections um, and enjoy it. It's a game at the end of the day. Are they still patching that game? Uh, New Horizons? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yes. Uh, Animal Crossing. I, every time, because it's AC, New Horizons is how I always see it. I always think Assassin's Creed. But yeah, <laughs> Animal Crossing. Um, yeah, they like every season, they're coming out with a big new update. So it changes the season and there's tons of new stuff. They recently added the ability to actually swim um, in the water surrounding your island um, and added new features. So yeah, they're constantly updating it with new, new stuff. When you say season, do you mean ig season or it lit- it literal seasons yeah because it matches oh, and that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but also it's kind of a season of content as well so they like they, they they release new stuff all the time but then when the season changes so like the first season changes when it went from spring when the game was released to summer um, and then fall will be coming up so they'll have events for like halloween i think maybe thanksgiving um like the entire like the season in the game changes and they release like new content and stuff with it as kind of a big drop uh, and so far all all free of charge i'll be interested to see how that continues and how far i don't know what their plans are um at the moment but yeah no it's yeah I, it's been I, pretty cool i hated that bullshit season pass like you buy the game but then you gotta buy buy the rest of the game it's like i'm sorry that you didn't develop it well enough <laughs> to, yeah. to make me buy a season pass but and that's that's the problem too is like the whole like discussion of like next gen games like ea with like their their sports games were like oh okay on ps5 and xbox series x it's gonna be 70 dollars instead of 60 dollars and like you know a lot of people are frustrated by that but then you also remember that 60 dollar games started back xbox 360 ps3 and they have not gone up in price for the past 14 years um essentially but we're expecting them to do more to develop more to develop larger more immersive worlds um, and inflation happens, and yeah. yet they're still charging sixty dollars um, for the game. It's just kind of an impressive feat. And some some ways they get around that is by doing season passes or microtransactions. Like the the costs are going up, but the prices aren't. So the prices go up elsewhere. Um, but I I'm with you. I I think season passes. It, it kind of depends on what's included with it. That sometimes it's actually a lot of content. And you're like, okay, like an expansion, and you're like, okay, that's worthwhile. Yeah. But but then sometimes you're just like, uh, so I get to wear a blue jacket now for yeah, thirty it, extra dollars. <laughs> it definitely can be pretty annoying, and it, yeah, it's definitely 
yeah there's there's plenty of ways to model a game but yeah don't at least yeah i agree like don't don't model it where it's like if you're just yeah fixing something that you fucked up on for lack of better terms or like you know yeah essentially resolving some shit like that don't make me pay for it that's not my fault you yeah. know like that's that's literally your job <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what else to say that is literally your job so it's like yeah that's not my that's not my problem you messed up uh but i also think that's like the uh yeah the like paying as you play model is just proven to be a pretty reliable thinking of one game in particular league of legends literally free to play still makes crap ton of money yeah um not anymore now that trump banned uh all like transactions with Tencent or something like that. I don't know how that's oh, actually going to They're, they're League of Legends too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Because I saw that and I, I knew they were huge. I didn't realize League was... Yeah, no. So I, I don't know oh I don't gosh. know entirely what's going to happen with that. But yeah, the, it's it's interesting with uh, yeah Trump attacking. I don't know. I don't remember what other games are messed up by it. But League of Legends being the most played, obviously. Yeah, and probably one of the top games, if not the top game in the world. Yeah, for sure. By, like... Well, in the U.S., I mean, we sucks at league, so it won't matter that much. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah. They're, they're, they're like, good riddance. Like, finally. We were losing money over there. <laughs> Dropped the dead weight. Um, dang, yeah. I, I didn't realize they were league as well. Yeah, no, it, it's a big one. I, there was a couple other games that I saw that were, like, decent in size, but I, I, I do not recall um, off the top of my head since league is the only one that... <laughs> only game that matters! <laughs> Joking. But, but, yeah, so... Hitman 2. <laughs> Hitman 2. Um, so so that, that's kind of the gist behind the gameplay. Um, it was released the same week as Pokemon Let's Go, um, which got lukewarm reception, but was a big deal, like kind of the Pokemon like 3D, like RPG type um, world, and Spyro Reignited Trilogy, which we know how I feel about that, um, and Fallout 76, which also was kind of lukewarm. But they were, they were big three, like before people really knew what they were. Um, they were they were big games to compete with, um, and it still did, um, but I, I think decently well for for a game like this. It, it has enough of a following um, that I I don't think it would have drawn in a lot of new people, especially since it didn't do a lot to change from the first game. It just kind of incrementally improved. It's it's almost like Hitman Two is Hitman Season Two is something I saw in a review, which I think describes it very well. Like it has the same aesthetic, a lot of the same mechanics, just a, a little bit tweaks here and there, and then just entirely new worlds and storyline um overall metacritic got 82 to 84 um kind of depending on the platform it was um, released on um the largest things being prayed was just how many different options um you had and, and the fact that it was familiar kind of worked in its favor um an interesting thing about both the the reboot in 2016 and this um, follow-up is that it kind of begs you to replay it because when you first play through a level you're very limited in the the weapons and the tools that you're allowed to bring and even the starting points but as you master a level and do different challenges in the level you get more points you unlock more weapons you get more familiar with it so you can do a lot more creatively as you go on um, which i think is kind of a smart mechanic built in it doesn't cost any money um you're not like paying microtransactions to unlock certain things that that I don't remember specifically if there were some potential things you could pay for, um, but but by and large, it's just through your mastery of the level, you're unlocking more, um, which is kind of nice. Um, well, one of the, the only criticisms I, I really saw um, that's worth mention is the fact that it, it kind of tells you what to do, 
um, there's these things called like mission stories. And so you'll like overhear an NPC saying something and it's like, oh, okay, based on this, this is what you need to do to kill the person this way. Um, but the fortunate thing is, is you can turn those alerts off and still rely on your own ability to figure out how mm. to do it. Um, so it, it is up to you. And giving that option to the player, I think is nice. Like someone like me, I don't always have enough patience to try and figure everything out right away. And having that guidance of kind of telling me what to do is nice. But for a lot of people or someone who wants a more pure challenged experience um, can do that. So uh, overall, I think very well reviewed. Um, good game. A lot of fun. Check it out. And I think especially now, I don't know if this was true at launch, but when you buy Hitman 2, you get all of the Hitman 1 games um, with, with updates, like any of the updates they did to NPCs, AI graphics and that kind of stuff. Um, you get kind of the quote unquote remastered version of the first game as well so worth a check out pretty good value moving on to game number dose stick bold so you may or may not have heard of stick bold it is it is a dodgeball adventure um and it it's it so it's an adventure with dodgeballs yeah, it's so back. Oliver and I were looking for good couch co-op games to play, and I was looking through a list, and Stickbold came up as one of the options they suggested for couch co-op. And so, kind of watching some trailers, it's just it's this weird artsy, like kind of almost Minecraft block style people um, that run around these dodgeball arenas, and there's different like there's hot dog stands that that like actual like I guess environmental like. Yeah, it's like an NPC that you can't interact with, right? But it's like an AI. Like, in, in this specific instance, you're in, like, a gym. So it would be, like, the dude that's selling the hot dog when you're, like, watching the basketball game will be, like, walking across, and he'll just drop weenies randomly, and you can grab that and use that as a dodgeball yeah. as well. <laughs> so, well, I guess you're not using it. it the, the effect is like a dodgeball. It doesn't, like, it's turn a into dog. a dodgeball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like you grab it, it just, like, transforms into one. But, um, but yeah. So environmental like, hazard, that's the word I was yeah, looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, just wide variety of, of levels. Um, so we checked it out and we just, I mean, we had an absolute blast playing it. It is, you can have um, like four people um, playing couch co-op together. Um, there's different characters you unlock. And so you can do teams. Um, I think you can actually have up to six people um, depending on the platform you're playing on. Hmm. And uh, you can do different teams. You can do free-for-alls. You can change like the rules. Um, so there's actually a story mode going through. Um, one of the, the snippets I grabbed says, you follow the story of world-famous stickbold athletes Bjorn and Drome, um, who team up with a dodgeball buddy um, and co-op battles or, or charge headfirst into a manic free-for-all battle um, with up to five others. Um, so, yeah, that, that confirms the, the six people possible. But essentially, you're, you're following these two people on this journey to become, like, dodgeball champions, and you eventually end up fighting a boss who then turns into a mega boss who then turns into a super mega boss and then you go back and then there's still like an additional boss and um the the story is hilarious it is wacky it is nuts the entire game that what we say to each other all the time i'll i'll put a sound clip right here 
Yeah, Taka. Of um, what it sounds like, but it <laughs> when you're hovering over the characters, sorry that I'm just like going bouncing all over the place talking about this game because this game is that wild and it is that exciting to talk about. Um, but as you're hovering over the characters and character select, they each have like a different little phrase they say. Um, and one of them goes, oh, Donka. Yeah, Carson. And, yeah, yeah, Carson. And which you should have heard the sound clip per- before. I'll throw it up there again. Yeah, Donka. Because it's so fun to listen to. Um, but it, uh, yeah, it just, from the beginning, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's just a lot of fun. The gameplay and the mechanics are extraordinarily tight for you can you can curve the dodgeball when you throw it. You can charge it up when you throw it. Um, you, yeah, you can pick up the different environmental hazards. You have to dodge the hazards. If one of you dies, um, the, the person who dies can act as those environmental hazards. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's still like, once someone is out of the game, you still get to interact with the game. Um, so very smart. So it's, it's one of those indie fun, um, games that you just have a blast playing with everyone and there's different difficulty levels, different settings you can change to just have fun. You don't have to progress through the story. Um, if you don't want to. So uh, absolutely worth it. So to, to go a little bit more into the backstory of it, it was um, actually released on April Fool's Day um, in 2016, uh, which just gives you another idea of these developers in, in the game. Um, developed by GameSwing, uh, formerly Rain Bros. It was, it was a team that they, they started. It was just five people. Um, now it's only four. But essentially, they, they went to this thing called Nordic Game Jam, um, which I looked it up, and essentially a bunch of game developers come together, and they have 48 hours to um, make a game. And so mm. it, it, all, all these teams of developers spend the 48 hours making a game, and then they showcase it to everyone, and then there's different awards you get and overall awards. And they actually won the Most Fun Award um, at the Nordic Game Jam 2013 in third place overall. And it was with the the bare bones of what would become Stickbold. And they, they had so much fun... Um, doing that as a team that they formed their own game development company and finished um, creating Stickbold um, and releasing it. They're, they're a small, I should say, they're, they're a Copenhagen um, studio, which is why they have all the, all the super fun names um, like Bjorn and Jerome. It's just like it, it, everything about it is just so, it's fantastic. I, I don't know how else to describe it. I think you, you guys are getting the gist of where I'm going with who my victorious um, game will be this week. Um but yeah, they're just they're an awesome game studio, and I, I'm looking through their website, doing some research. Um, they're they're working on some new games as well. They've got one called Oddballers that's going to be entering early access later this year um, that they're planning on, which is takes a lot of the mechanics from um, Stickbold, uh, but just kind of expounds on it further and just looks absolutely wacky as hell. Um, so definitely a studio again, Game Swing. Uh, a studio to look into to watch out for. I, I definitely recommend checking out Stickbold. Look at their other games, upcoming games. Um, get notified that these kind of small developers are just. It, it's so exciting because they don't have the the constraints of like larger budgets or needing to appease like a large audience. Um, they they they're passionate about what they do. They usually start with a common interest or an idea in hand, and they can just flesh it out as they want it to be. Um, and sometimes those are the most fun games and oftentimes they're always the, the couch co-op ones that we have fun with like Overcooked that we talked about um, recently was just a, another one of those fun like small developers that wanted some good couch co-op play and they created it so um, yeah I'll, also a, another I'll read another description that's listed on uh, PlayStation 
Uh, Stickbold is a groovy 70s-themed single and local multiplayer fantasy dodgeball game with intense quirky arenas and chaos-inducing random events which change the outcome of each round. So yeah, that's Stickbold um, by a professional who actually described it well. <laughs> but yeah, super fun game. I, I, yeah, what do you think, Oliver? I mean, yeah, it's definitely... it's. It's so gameplay driven that it's kind of hard to describe, like, especially like the mechanics are so, I don't know. I mean, they're just very unique to that game. It's not like when you're talking about like an FPS or something where you're like, oh, right trigger is the shoot and left trigger is the aim, you know? So it's definitely, I mean, like you said, a product of the, the indie studio. They, they did do a remarkably good job of like, I mean, you're always playing dodgeball, but the... I guess the bosses and stuff while you're going through the levels all felt like interesting to go against. And we're definitely like, didn't necessarily take like 900 IQ to figure out or anything like that, but it was definitely, they did a good job of varying it up because it like just playing the base, like stick bold while you're playing dodgeball would get tedious and boring in a dodgeball adventure game. But they really, they really hammered on the adventure part somehow in a dodgeball game. Don't yeah. ask me how. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah, there's lots of good things to be said about the game for sure, and definitely, I mean, it was a great game for us, as if you can't figure out, we we're always looking for co-op games to play, and so this one is definitely a, a highlight, just like Overcooked, of a, a solid co-op game to play on the couch with friends, sometimes after one beverage, singular. Of Kool-Aid. <laughs> with extra sugar. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's... Yeah, that definitely the game. The game's controls are impressive and tight. It is still fun to play. We've been trying to what like platinum it or whatever. Uh, PlayStations. There is one trophy left. We you have to beat the game on All Star difficulty, um, which is the highest difficulty, and we are at like the second to last boss. It's difficult. It is just. It is ridiculously hard. The game is just. They want you to lose badly yeah they get they get pleasure from it the developers are actually just uh laughing at us right now so as we're losing because we're playing <laughs> right now <laughs> so yeah it, it's it, it's fun it, i i think it's been it's been warranted us like trying to platinum it it, it is still fun when we go back and it, it's pretty quick to pick up but i still feel like there's some decent there's a decent level of skill expression in it as well where you can still kind of like you know like being able to curve the ball and control that definitely takes some time to figure out like what speed you're throwing at because the velocity will change based on how much you're charging it up and then how much are you going to actually turn the analog stick to get the curve. Sometimes you're trying to like throw it and then curve it super late if there's like an obstacle in the way or something like that. You yeah. know, so there, there's just there's a lot of control of the very very realistic physics of throwing a dodgeball um, in that game. That yeah, it definitely. Yeah, def- definitely has some skill expression, which I, I really like in a game, but it is still easy to pick up, like Smash or something, where you can kind of pick up and be competitive decently quickly, um, especially if you're like familiar with games. But uh, yeah, still it still has I, I I like a little I like a little bit of a ceiling to to play with because otherwise yeah. it just gets a little it gets a little like uh, formulaic normally. E- easy to pick up, difficult to master. That's, yeah, that's... just like skiing. Wait, no, that's snowboarding. The final answer: is snowboarding. Skiing is snowboarding. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> No, they, they, isn't that what, yeah, they say snowboarding's easy to pick up, hard hard to... Hard to pick up, easy to master. Yeah, actually that might be. I think snowboarding is hard to pick up. No, skiing hard to pick up. 
<laughs> hey, can someone comment? Tell us in the comments below. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mix this up all the time, so yeah, I don't... I don't uh, uh, uh. And cut. <laughs> so, what's it going to be? Um, in a surprise to absolutely no one who listened to my loopy giddiness... Um, Hitman 2. <laughs> can go away <laughs> and make room for Stickbold as my choice for this week. It is... Like games, especially that, that you can play with others, I, I, I say this all the time, like single player experiences like Last of Us Part Two, um, God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn are incredible in their own way. But when you can just have absolute giddy fun with other people, that is like the other extreme of amazing games um, for me. Like you just, yeah, you, you sit down, you can pick it up quickly you have fun. There's no like, it, there's competition, but it's not like Call of Duty where you're like killing each other. Like, oh man, that was so dumb. You're just like, I got hit by a hot dog. Like, <laughs> how can you be mad? So yeah, it's you can definitely be mad at that. You can, and I do. But hey, you know, it's yeah, stick bold. That's me. Awesome. Okay. Oh boy, <laughs> my games. I will be talking about uh. I would have chosen Stickbolt there too. I just want to say. <laughs> oh wait, but actually, before we switch off, I was going to ask, uh, what was the? Did I play a Hitman Absolution? Is that what I was playing when we lived together? <laughs> yeah, I played I Hitman Absolution about... as well. It is widely regarded as the worst game in the series by that game's far. Clowny. It, it was fun to play. It definitely has that. I'm assuming that's a pretty common Hitman theme, like what you were kind of talking about earlier, where it's like. Yeah, they always give you an alternate way. Like, you never have to shoot the person, right, to kill them. And, like, oftentimes, that, that game was just, like, it rewarded you so much for not ever shooting someone in that game. Like, like I feel like uh, going through their, uh, their, like, alternative solutions to kill them were just, like, so heavily weighted. It is, like, a, so much, like, oh, you, like, walk up and, like, flip a switch as long as you find the key in the back room to, you know, open the door to the switch. And then shooting them is just, like, everything set on fire. <laughs> the world is ending. Which, which is funny because... Me playing Hitman Absolution, I shot my way through the entire game because I I at that point I didn't have a lot of patience in stealth games, oh, so sure. yeah, I, yeah. I would like I'd go through it pretty quick and then be seen and then it was shooty shoot time and it would just the, the game was not designed that way so you could just hide behind a corner and people would just keep coming out the same door oh yeah and yeah just they're, keep they're, shooting they're, them and... and there's lots of like gimmicky mechanics for sure to like yeah mess up with the ai because yeah they uh yeah well bad bad ai <laughs> which i is disappointing i guess just as as like a general game mechanic like when when the game allows you to kind of cheat it um I, I don't like that because I will always take the cheat route. <laughs> like, don't reward me for this. Yeah, people are going to take the path of least resistance. And that's kind of like what Doom and Doom Eternal, um, like the Doom 2016 reboot, you could essentially use a super shotgun to beat the entire game. And that's what a lot of people did. So in Doom Eternal, they worked very hard to make it a chess match each battle. And certain guns would only work well on certain enemies. Um, and you had to kind of think about it. So. Which yeah. we've had this exact conversation because my, my immediate rebuttal is I think you should be able to kill everyone with everything. That was my biggest one. I was playing with Doom Eternal and like, well, I was like trying to like punch a zombie to death or something like that. And it, I'm, I'm, you're Doom guy. It shouldn't take you 40 trillion punches to kill a zombie. Like that's just, that just doesn't make sense. You know, one punch, his head should explode. Gore should be ever. It's Doom. Like that's what it's designed for. But I don't think you ever got to the blood punch. That's yeah. See, that's that's when that's when the game would have started for me. <laughs> <laughs> the game I just had to play when the game actually begun. So and and you do use every gun. 
but it's just only for certain enemies. And by they, they never like take enemies away. Like, yeah. Every time they add an enemy, that enemy is there for the rest of the game. Well, that's good because I hated that one. That oh my, there was uh, I, there was one that was like a very specific skill shot that I was struggling with profusely. Oh yeah, I think the the spider mastermind, um, or not the mastermind specifically, but like yeah, the, like the spider enemy that had the turret on the back. And I was I was struggling with that one. That was ooh, that was a rough experience for sure. But you know, it's a little bit of practice. I'll, I'll clean up. I'll clean up my act. First oh, person yeah. shooters are not my uh, bread and butter for sure. It has a sword, though. That's my bread and butter. They are your steak and potatoes, though. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, yeah. I'll be talking about Far Cry 3, Fantasy Star Online, Episode 1 and 2. But I don't know why that's really on the cover. Uh, because everyone just calls it Fantasy Star Online. It's an online RPG uh, developed by Sonic Team. And was originally... It was released in 2000 for the Dreamcast. And kind of the... I guess initial inspiration for the game. There was a Fantasy Star before that, which doesn't really have any correlation to the Fantasy Star online universe story, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> words. Um, but the the kind of initial inspiration for it was that uh, Sega's chairman at the time was like, ah, internet and online gaming is the future. It's number one. It's going to be awesome. It's going to change the world. It's going to be super cool. These are all direct quotes, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and so he really wanted to make a online game for the Dreamcast that would, you know, I, I mean, probably his idea would set the Dreamcast apart as the legendary console that would die in great greatness. Um, so they they released an online game before that called uh, Choo Choo Rocket, which I did not look <laughs> at gameplay and now really regret because it sounds really clowny. I don't know how a train and a rocket are going to be merged in one game to make an online gaming experience. But yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do some research and talk about it next week when I forget. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they, they took kind of what they learned from that as well as they actually got a lot of inspiration from the original Diablo game, which at the time was a 2D game, but... Uh, and the one of the other uh, members of the team, like really wanted to make it a 3d adventure so it is i mean it is pretty much just like a diablo 3d in a fantasy universe the story is really not that important um nor is anything other than the fact that it is an online game early <laughs> in, in the online gaming world but you are you are on the ship the, like pioneer one or that is the planet you are over oh god i should have <laughs> wrote down more details you are on a ship above a planet there is an explosion and the lead dude of the ship is missing his daughter so you're essentially going down there to explore the explosion and try to find this guy's daughter uh that really just the, the whole landmark of the game at least critically is the online multiplayer i had people to play with locally so i really just enjoyed playing it locally I, I didn't play it online at all i think i played it online actually i played it online like once and it was really really late like i i had like long since stopped playing it and like went back on one more time to be like what's the online about and there's like three people online at the time <laughs> uh the servers since have been shut down though you can go on privately owned servers to play it with other people still there's still a community for the game 20 years after release uh so that's pretty incredible yeah it is pretty cool but yeah so the the, the fact that it was the you know online game first essentially internet game on a home console is yeah pretty pretty landmark but the gameplay is just super fun you're just exploring this planet it's got a like a 
I think I remember it having like a good variety of like biomes and stuff like that. Like the terrain and exploring it was just super cool. And you get to customize your character a lot. It was one of the first character customization games that I had where it's like, oh, I'm like choosing this tree and now I'm this class. And so like I'm super good with my sword, but then I get this extra cool sword. Uh, yeah, it's it's a dungeon. I wouldn't be able to play it now, I don't think. I, I can't do the like dungeon crawler collect-a-thons anymore, but at the time I really enjoyed it as a kid. So yeah, that's the that's the game. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. But Oliver like was a broadband internet widely available for cheap cost in Japan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't. It was very expensive. So the the guy who was pushing for Okawa, I, I think I really fucked this up. By the way, oh god, is it Okawa? I I don't know. It's Okawa. Yeah, I fucked up. Well, it, it just turned it upside down. <laughs> okay. Either way, yeah. So Okawa, I, I messed up his name earlier. My apologies. Now that we're back, we're back in the recording process, guys. We're. I'm sorry. It might not seem like I left because we cut that part out, but we back. <laughs> Little does he know, I didn't cut any of it out. <laughs> so yeah, o- Okawa uh, essentially paid for internet service for each person who purchased the Dreamcast and intent intent to push, you know, this this product line, the Choo Choo Rocket and <laughs> Fantasy Star Online. I think we have to blame Choo Choo Rocket for the Dreamcast and Sega not like succeeding. Being, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, it's it's definitely it, it's a pretty landmark game for yeah internet home gaming uh would i recommend it now at this point probably not but it is it's cool to kind of see the regression like historically of internet gaming in the home and on these consoles because like i mean if you ask someone in like high school right now it's like internet gaming they're like i play call of duty every day (laughs) sign on with the boys (laughs) so apex legends or yeah it's just it's and so ubiquitous now. Games. I I can't even keep up with all of the new like battle royales and stuff. Hits yeah. coming out. Yeah, PUBG was first, and yet Fortnite and yeah, no, it's it, just... it, it's it's been absolutely insane. So yeah, it it, it is kind of cool that, that this is one of the first entrances. I didn't really know that at the time. I also wasn't super familiar with online gaming at the time since I was very young when I was playing it. So I was like, oh, that's like kind of cool that they have the online aspect. I wonder what that's like. But I'm just gonna play locally. <laughs> <laughs> So, maybe it was too ahead of its time. Maybe maybe that's the issue. Like that's maybe, why Sega failed. Yeah, Sonic. That's <laughs> Sega Sonic. Same shit. They all died. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that one. The other game, Far Cry Three. Uh, not as good as Far Cry Four. That is fact. On recording, that is fact. It's not true. <laughs> Released in 2012, it's a first-person shooter developed by uh, Ubisoft. It pretty much it, it's centered around you. You are with your friends. You're you're, you're Jason Brody, normal guy living <laughs> living and doing normal guy things, and you're out uh, partying to celebrate. Your brother got his pilot's license. I don't know how that warrants like a very expensive like in you know some like pacific area trip well it's not expensive because his brother's flying oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay yeah that, okay never mind the entire game plot is explained through that through that one detail uh so yeah they're, they're all out celebrating having a great time they're uh end up going skydiving and they skydive down to this island and then all of a sudden they're captured by this pirate boss uh who is played by michael mando 
who is Nacho from Better Call Saul, which is, <laughs> I've spent much time, I was very excited. I like, I just stared at the picture for like a minute. I'm like, that's Nacho! Because <laughs> uh, I really like, uh, yeah, Better Call Saul. Better than Breaking Bad. Hot take. Sue me. But yeah, so Boss captures them uh, and is like trying to auction them off. Jason, AKU, manages to escape from nacho's grasp it's boss but i'll probably end up calling him nacho unintentionally and you're rescued by a local tribe member named dennis who is like oh man you seem like you have the warrior strength of the rakyat which is the local tribe so he uh gives you the tatao which is just tattoo <laughs> if you did not guess <laughs> uh and the tatao essentially just gives you power so that i bring up the tatao because it is like it this was one of the first i think one of the more landmark like first first open world games that i played for sure and then also i really enjoyed the skill progression through it they like give you three trees one being like more stealthy one being more aggressive one being more long range that you can upgrade and as you get these skills you get more tattoos so you like physically see because all you see of this character while you're playing him is the arms and the gun that he's holding so you physically get to see all the skills that you're getting like tattooed on your body as you're unlocking new traits which is a like kind of cool feature something i like wasn't really thinking about how that's like unique at the time but like looking back at it it's definitely interesting it's kind of rare that i feel like your character model is getting updated as you're playing unless you're playing like a like a dress-up game or something like that i don't know how to describe <laughs> it but like uh in terraria you know you can like wear different stuff or like minecraft you can like change your skin but yeah so in, in a first person shooter i don't feel like you see that as much so like that a lot the entire game is essentially spent, you're trying to just save your friends from the pirates uh, and then also reclaim the islands back for the Rocky Yacht from all these crazy pirates. <laughs> crazy guys. <laughs> uh, Wild and crazy guys. <laughs> so I, I, I won't spoil too much uh, of it. It definitely, it's it's kind of got a wily story. It's been kind of criticized for the narrative. It's been complimented and criticized for the narrative. There's a couple parts where I'm like, I was like rehashing through the story and I'm like, this this is kind of a little like I'm pointing this way and that way at the same time uh, for story details. It was like there, there's there's one part that's like Voss thinks that Jason's dead and then Jason is like trying to kill Voss and then <laughs> then it's like but Voss set a trap. <laughs> it's like what? Like oh, why did he set a trap if he you know thought that Jason was dead? But it's like I do remember for sure. Yeah, Voss thinks that you are dead. And then there's a trap waiting for you. So maybe he's just waiting for Jason 2.0. He he just knew. Yeah. Voss faked you out. He made you think that he thought he was you were dead. He made himself think that. And then set up the trap <laughs> just in case he was wrong to prove how smart he is. Or he had the trap set up before he killed you and then just never took it down. <laughs> that, 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 that could be, the, I guess, more likely one. Maybe. Um, I don't know. But I, but really I feel don't. like it involved like guards and other stuff. So No, it definitely yeah. involved real people. It, that, that was like the one part that I was just like, eh, that's a little whoop. Uh, so, yeah. This, this was... Uh, other, other important details of this game. This was one of the first tower climbing simulators, as I like to call them, that I played. So... Generally, people's first tower climbing simulator, okay, where you climb a tower, you get to the top, and you do some stupid interaction with the tower to then unlock a chunk of the map and get more information about it, which it, I played this game, and then, oh my god, every single game, Call of Duty, League of Legends, you name it, you climb a tower in the fucking game, 
<laughs> I mean, it wasn't actually that bad, obviously, because both those games don't have it. But it, it, it is every insane. Ubisoft game, every U- and then like I mean, uh, Breath of the Wild has it in it too. Like it's just it is Spider Man twenty eighteen, Assassin's Creed, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, it, it it has just become such like a quintessential gaming staple. And if you ask me how I felt about tower climbing simulators in like 2016, 2017, uh, I would have said I fucking hate them because I do. Because it got, it just got, it got so slammed to the ground as a feature so quickly for me. And that's, oh, I remember when I was playing Breath of the Wild and I like almost got in through kind of like the tutorial-esque part of the game and then you climb the tower and I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, <laughs> this is the game of the year and it's another tower climbing sim. Uh, I don't think that game is as bad from from what I've heard. I haven't played it, so don't, don't spoil it in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> the fictional comments that don't exist. Uh, hey, we got a couple. That's true. That's true. That's true. From our core audience. But yeah, so it, it, it's the start of the tower climbing uh, staple, which again, I, I really like at the time. I remember that as kind of being a, like a Hallmark feature of the game for me that I, I really enjoyed. So it, it's definitely, it's a fun feature the first time that you experience it. Uh, other things about it, you can hunt animals on the island and like you'll skin them once you hunt them and you can use that to get more weapon holsters or hold more ammo which again it was kind of cool like you grow your character as you're playing uh they actually they did they did so much like to grow i guess how real the story felt like as you're taking you you keep killing these pirates right and like liberating camps from the pirates and so like the more pirate camps that you kill then you see less pirates on the map and you're like less likely to run into a random encounter with them uh, as you're playing as Jason through the story, like the more people that you kill and the farther in the story you get, like at the beginning, every time you skin something, you're like, oh, gross. And then by the end of the game, you know, you're skinning silently and you've kind of turned into this like bloodlusted, you know, uh, PTSD induced psychopathic killer at this point, yeah. you know. Uh, so it, they do a lot to really like uh, lots of small things that aren't necessarily like immediately noticeable, but on reflection, it's just like they, they definitely did a really good job of progressing the story in lots of like not obvious ways not just like linear to the story but they actually like updated the environment to make it seem like a more realistic experience which the developers did say that the island was the second most important character in the game in their opinion like they spent so much time Mm. trying to develop it they used uh procedural generation like create all of the cover in the game so that it like felt way more natural and they were like essentially while they were designing they were trying to make it seem like everything that was there existed for a reason it wasn't that it existed because there's a game being developed and that they're trying to fulfill that need they're putting it there to tell the story of that island you know enhance that uh experience so yeah lots of lots of cool things that they did they were heavily influenced i think or inspired by skyrim which had came out the year before as well as red dead redemption both of those incredibly popular, incredibly successful, and incredibly fun games to play. So a uh, good inspiration on their end. If you haven't played them, please don't. Uh, <laughs> Skyrim, another game you can play on anything that runs on electricity. Yeah, it is it is literally absolutely insane. Uh, they created over 250 hostile encounters, and it the game remembers each encounter that you have. So essentially, only after going through like a large chunk of the encounters will you get a repeat encounter to just further increase the like dynamic nature of the game and how natural everything feels. So yeah, it, it, they definitely did a lot of attention to make everything feel supernatural and feel like you know you were actually in an environment that is progressing, and that is what I think. I, I think those are the two things, at least for me, that like 
I, I again I didn't realize it at the time but that's I think just because it was like an immersive enough of experience that like everything felt there was nothing to question because everything seemed so realistic so yeah it it's definitely it was it was a very impressive game to go through the island is super fun to explore uh they have the classic far cry have to have drugs in the game uh sure. i believe that i believe that far cry 3 is the one where you are in a uh marijuana field with a flamethrower and then you get stoned and then well, that's like skrillex or some dubstep is playing in the yep. background as you're flamethrowing <laughs> which oh man my first thought when it happened was i was like this is like some like a teenager in high school is like wet dream of a gameplay experience but it was really fun to play i will not lie like even it was incredibly fun yeah yeah even as just absolutely like kind of ridiculously troll as the experience was it it still was entertaining like i can't think of another game that is you know i guess majorly successful triple a title that has kind of trolled on that level and like pulled it off well so yeah it's it's good game this one 91 out of 100 for the Xbox 360, which is the platform that I played on. Uh, Fantasy Star Online, which I forgot to mention, got 89 out of 100, I should mention. And so, yeah, I think uh, rating the two, I'm going to have to go with Metacritic here. (laughs) (laughs) Now that I conveniently mentioned them back-to-back and give it to Far Cry 3, I think kind of obvious, my recollection with Far Cry 3 as I'm talking about it, I feel like I spoke much, much more logically with much better flow and explained the game much better and the cool aspects of it. So probably not surprising, just like Stickbold. So I guess maybe you don't have to listen to the podcast to figure well, yeah, out The difference is you for. explained Far Cry 3 well. I went off the rails <laughs> talking about Stickbold. Stickbold! <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's definitely... Go, there's, there's, there's lots of like very interesting things that happened with the Far Cry 3 development that I really didn't appreciate, I guess, as much until now. So it, it it's 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 kind of it goes back to like what we were talking about with uh well I guess we have, I don't know have we have we talked about it on the podcast when we we're talking about like the God of War it, it's cool seeing more into like the development process and how yeah. the God of War the new one it has you know the documentary kind of explaining the setup and everything and like kind of telling the story of the development process and it definitely makes it a much more I guess an immersive environment for the gamer you know it it makes you really appreciate kind of what happens and how much work it takes for it to happen but also like details that you should be looking for in games and like what are cool you know what kind of makes the game stand out as well so it, it's it's fun kind of from a critical but also like an enjoyment perspective so yeah far cry 3 my selection sorry fantasy star online sorry for listeners i had to listen to but that was literally that was like a childhood game for sure that i, I enjoyed playing a lot spent a lot of time playing definitely a nostalgic memory but not as nostalgic as super mario 64 so it doesn't make a cut <laughs> yeah and i mean you've played super mario 64 quite a lot and uh, recently yeah i frequently go back to that game i guess i can i just i i knew but had forgotten that you can play uh fantasy star online on pc so i guess I, I could play it again if i wanted to i thought it was dead and gone so i've been holding on to a gamecube copy of it for literally years now uh so that i don't lose it but i guess i guess time to throw that in the trash just play it on the <laughs> computer there's no point i don't even have a gamecube anymore so yeah yep that's it thanks for listening goodbye forever until next week <laughs> episode 11 juicy Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. As always, you can check us out on social media at Mo Video Games. That's at M O Video Games. That's on Instagram and Facebook. Feel free to leave us a comment there. Um, 
keep a lookout for any announcements on us potentially changing our podcast hosting website as we look for a place with more bandwidth and storage. Um, But otherwise, we appreciate you stopping by, and we hope to see you next time. Juicy!